0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hey, hey, what's up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to a special edition of the BTV Roundtable, where we are going to recap last night's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. With me here is Mr. Tom Riles, uh, he and I are one of the senior writers over at uh, Blogging the Boys, so uh, we're here to uh, provide some insight and uh, talk about last night's game. Um, Tom, how are you doing this morning here on Victory Sunday? Uh, It feels pretty good because it wasn't one of those, well, they managed to
2: drag a victory out of it. The Cowboys uh, took control of that game. Uh, early on, in surprising ways, so it it uh, you feel good about what you saw um, also, it confirmed something to me uh that i I was predicting all along, or at least saying that I thought I saw the plan they had that was that the cowboys I think they had seen everything they needed to see from their starters in the two joint practices with the uh, uh chargers and the previous joint practice with the broncos and they we are probably seeing the future of cowboys uh preseason that starters simply are not going to show up on the sidelines uh some people feel really uncomfortable about that and think that you need to work the starters i don't i think the cowboys did the smart thing course, I've long been an advocate of of using bubble wrap uh, very profusely in in the in the preseason, and so I, you know, I am I think the starting lineups are almost all set, which we knew most of them anyway, and I also think the uh, the Cowboys are getting some good information now on what they're going to do about those players from about. Forty to forty-five on on the bottom end of the roster, and there were some some things that jumped out. I think there's a few players that just about locked up those roster spots, and one or two others that may be forcing them to really figure out how they're going to carve a spot out for them.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think that raises an interesting point. We'll we'll touch on this in a little more detail later. Um, indeed, there are going to be some tough roster decisions uh you know i agree with you and, and rabs and i we talked about this last week on 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 our show about the the approach and how you know what how preseason has changed and you know like you said we're not seeing the starters and you know we were likely not to maybe from from this point on and, and um and you know in the way the cowboys go about their preseasons so, so you know to me i feel like you know you you're it's about getting the team ready you know Obviously, it's about keeping the team healthy. That's the utmost, you know, priority for for all teams. Uh, but you, you know, the, the second thing is you want to get teams, you, know, you want to get players ready. And and um, you know, there's just certain players that just don't need reps. They don't need reps. We should never see Ezekiel Elliott. We don't need. We don't need to see Dak Prescott. You know, Tyron Smith. All all the veterans and stuff. Um, you know, some of the younger ones. It's a little different, even if they are you know more of your starters like obviously Tyler Smith's a good example of that we we need to see him and um, he's projected to probably be our, our left guard so yeah i mean you're right we're not seeing the starters and we're seeing, getting a really good look at a lot of the other players like you said from from you know the second team on you know and that brings up a lot of a lot of interesting roster questions but my my first question for you is like what were you most impressed with last night?
2: It's hard not to say it it was Cavante Turpin. I mean, we were told there was this potential. He was flashing a little bit in practices in the first preseason game, but really didn't get a chance to uncork it. And then he almost single-handedly uh, won that game. He certainly kind of took it over and made it where the Cowboys just had, just could settle back and go into cruise mode and make some funny decisions on when to kick field goals and when not. uh, So they could use it for evaluation because they didn't have to see if it worked. They were finding out that some things really worked. In in rewatching the, uh, both the kick return and the punt return, what stood out to me was how Turpin has Great vision. He can spot a hole or a crease and see how he can get somewhere with it, and and then it's just instantaneous reaction. I mean, he sees he hits it. He uh, it's it's for a guy that has been sort of in and out of football for four years, trying to get into the NFL after his unfortunate uh, legal incident. You know, he, he was uh, charged in something that was very unpleasant, but he, the hope is that he has remorse, that he is reformed, that he's not going to be that kind of a person going forward. I'll say you no know more about that. But to see somebody that was that comfortable, that quick, uh, you know, we knew he was fast, but he was just moving at almost a different speed on, on a couple of moments in those things. You can't depend on kick return and punt return scores. But if you got somebody who's consistently going to give you some yards in that role, which I think Turpin clearly will, you're gaining some of those hidden yards that uh, Bill Parcells used to talk about. And I think that was great to see him actually break out and a hidden thing in preseason, especially with the regular season as well, so many long returns like that get called back on, a, on a, an infraction, and there were no flags on either of them. Given the struggles they had the first game and the fact that the, the offense and defense still had too many penalties, that was kind of impressive to me that they've got those special teamers paying attention not making the illegal blocks
1: and letting the play stand. Yeah, I think that brings up a great point because I watched those I watched those plays probably maybe five times. Look, and one thing that really stood out to me is especially on the kickoff return is the how well the blocks were executed. And all the players just did a fantastic job of of creating a seal and to where you just had it Turpin just had an easy lane to just run through and and very little decision making on his part in that first one because the the blocking was was so well executed and got me thinking like you know with with John Fossil you know what what how well he's done with the special teams in the two years he's been here we you know we didn't see we we Pollard obviously had you know had had one kickoff return in the in the Raiders game last year and and that was just Pollard down the sideline all all Pollard uh, but we, we really haven't. Seen a lot of big plays from the kicking game, but I wonder now if you have a player like Turpin who is really shifty and elusive and has that that uh, that pure speed. If that combined with with Fossil's special team, you know, you know, the blocking ability of the Cowboys, it may maybe that this could turn into be something, you know, something legit for this team because it's it's just something we haven't seen and. You know, we—I guess we haven't—it hasn't really been tested because we haven't had a player like this to, you know, to to run through those lanes. So it makes me curious. Like, what what do we really have here? I mean, you yeah, know, I know Turpin is a really fast guy, but I mean, maybe Fossil's got, you know, a really good uh, a really good group. The guys that can really create lanes, and now we have a player that can exploit that. So you know, it, it makes me excited. Uh, you know, for for the return game i mean for i think it's it's been a while really since uh we we had that level of excitement and um i remember we were got a little excited for ryan switzer but that didn't last very long he did have a punt return i think on thanksgiving for a touchdown but since then really not a whole lot so i think this is going to be different for the for Cowboy fans because this year we're actually going to be excited every anytime that uh, a kick's going to be returned so i definitely agree with you there um you know another thing too i was going to ask you and you know we're we're kind of going to get into this as we kind of break down other things but with with turpin i think most people were were just penciled him in and basically because no one else was was returning for the cowboys so there's no competition really so he you know he's seen as a roster lock but what does this do for the cowboys wide receiver group i mean what what is your feeling there cuz i'm i'm going down my list tom and there's a lot i don't who i don't know who i'm who i would uh, leave out so do you have any thoughts on what this does for for the receiving core i think it forces
2: them to have to carry six uh, because i don't know i mean how else do you carry turpin he's going to cost you he's going to be one of those trade offs where okay we have to carry him as a wide receiver but what does that mean we don't carry because we prefer to carry five uh, will he wind up pushing one of these other guys that has been coming up uh, off the roster? Will the Cowboys be forced to do that? Will they go short somewhere else? This may, you know, really lock them into only having three running backs, uh, even though there could be an argument made that they should carry four. Uh, it, it is, I was, I'm glad you went to that because that's exactly where my head was talking about what this is going to do to the, uh, roster decisions and, and it, it trickles down. I mean, do you still uh a, a spot from the defense? Does it call somebody over there? So you've got Turpin who is, you know, it, it's, it's almost like maybe the Cowboys, ought look at it as they've got two special teams guys now because, uh, uh, C.J. Goodwin, I think, is going to make the team again. Somebody talked about how even you know, on a play where they didn't have a return, Goodwin was down there. He was the first guy down there, and and he just – I think he is fossil. One guy gets to claim, but it is, it is a roster problem. We've only got the 53 spots. How do you allocate them? What's going to happen with Michael Gallup? Are they going to try to take him off of PUP and just – carry him on the roster for a couple of weeks because they think he's going to be ready to play in week three or four. Yeah, uh, wide receiver is going to be one of the most interesting decision areas, and there's a ton more. You know, you're going to want to carry. How many defensive linemen can they manage to carry because nobody's hurting themselves on the defensive line. Uh, there are guys that are helping themselves, like probably the a runner-up is Tristan Hill. You know how do you not do something about him? And I'd seen a week or so ago somebody was saying could they be looking to trade him just because of numbers. And I think there's a good chance they're going to maybe look at two or three defensive linemen and see if anybody out there is interested in, in trading for him, especially when they can get somebody who's on you know a very affordable deal uh because the cowboys just seem to be flush i just i just hope if they do that they don't trade away the wrong guy uh, otherwise you know how many do you carry and who do you cut off of what you got dante fowler didn't hurt his case at all last last night uh he uh he had one a, a, a one play where he just blew everything up stock it basically all by himself so lots of decisions.
1: Yeah, I mean that going back to the receiver and you know, I I am not sure how they're going to handle Gallup. I'm I'm figuring he's going to be on the roster at the beginning of the season. So, I think they're going to have to account for him I mean look, by all accounts it looks like he's um ahead of schedule based basically what he's how he's looking in and, and, and practice. Uh so we could be getting we could be getting Gallup back sooner versus later. So, you know that he's not expected to miss a lot of time. So, I don't know if it would be um, wise for them to actually, you know, put them on pup. But so, if okay, if you count Gallup and you count, Tur- you know, Turpin, and you know that the the usuals are, you know, with the CD and and I I count Jalen Tolbert as as a roster lock. Uh, I know people are a little bit uh, sour on him as of late, but and even Fehoko, I think he's a roster lock. But my question is now: Is Noah Brown safe? Is Dennis Houston safe? Um, are, yeah, are you always are, one of those got to go? You think? Uh, yeah, it, it, there's a good chance there could be a real number squeeze
2: that's going to force something like that. Uh, and, you know, I'm not too sure who, which one do you keep? Which one do you try to get onto the uh, the practice squad? Because, fr- frankly, just from superficial viewing, I'd think that noel brown might be easier to get onto the practice squad than uh, dennis houston take advantage of the newer rules that let you bring some more veterans back which seems uh, almost painful to say because noel brown's been around and we i was really thinking this was going to be a breakout year but he's been a little quiet and then there's the other thing that maybe the Cowboys think they can get away with uh, sneaking someone onto the practice squad because we just haven't seen the wide receivers in the preseason games. Uh, unless these other teams are getting a hold of things like video from the uh, the joint practices, which I'm not sure there's anything that really exists usable, there's not a lot of evidence for them to work off of, and maybe they won't they, – They'll. the the people will be looking to poach elsewhere. It's going to be really a tremendous amount of fun to try and figure out how that's going to go. Um, You you got similar questions coming up with the secondary. Uh, I mean, I think one of the guys that really helped himself in the secondary last night was obviously Israel Mquamu who had the, uh, the interception. And I think there was a string of like five plays where he made the play on three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it showed that the, uh, the secondary was not, you know, I think they got, they got beaten on a couple of deeper passes, but generally they kept things bottled up and they were very active in run support. Um, so I, you know, there's you another place who's going to make it, who's not. There's some guys that I think are NFL caliber players, at least as good quality backups, depth depth players, that I think the Cowboys are not going to be able to hang on to. And I, we, we are guilty sometimes of saying that about them when it's not true. But the evidence seems to be there, and I hope the coaching staff has some really good – grading criteria to try to sort this out
1: yeah i i don't know what that criteria is going to be because like you know to, talking about like the defensive tackle position group or the defensive line in general you know it's how are you going to keep a player like john ridgeway who's probably your weakest of of all the guys that they're you know likely to keep or you know that are, have a chance to make the roster you know, uh, Ridgeway, do you keep him, um, over a player like, you know, Carlos Watkins, uh, or then, you know, like the same thing with Terrell Basham is like, uh, is, Ter- is Terrell Basham somebody you're going to keep because there's, there's just so many good players that are are performing. Um, like, I mean, to me, I, I really love Quentin Bahana. I think that he's just such a, a space eater. You know, I don't, yeah. one thing that I really enjoyed about watching the game and I, his, the, the linebackers had clean shots like whether it's Jabril Cox or Luke Gifford clean shots on on players because the defensive tackles were doing their jobs so uh very very impressed with with the interior line play uh, the Cowboys run defense had just been outstanding in both these preseason games and yeah. uh, but what does that mean I mean is like Ridgeway people say well there's no way he would make it you know he'd get clean but you know he? I mean, I mean, could they sneak him on a practice squad? I
2: I I think Ridgway would be an excellent one. If you want to sneak someone onto the practice squad, because I'm like you, I don't think the evidence is out there about him. And I think he may be a player that needs another year to develop and might be a great target for that and have him handy in case you need somebody because The interior of the defensive line is, you know, we talked about how last year the safeties were the best we'd seen in forever. This year, I think we're going to be saying that about the interior of the defensive line. We just haven't seen these kind of uh, man eaters up front. Uh, And, and the run game in general, from both directions, that was, we didn't see a lot in the passing game because the Cowboys were so successful with, with, the run both when they had the ball and when they were trying to stop the ball carrier. Uh, That is really encouraging because it reflects on the line. And the interior of the offensive line was doing a great job. Somebody mentioned that they were running a lot to the left, uh, which means they're running behind Tyler Smith. That's great news. I think they are uh I think that we're going to see Tyler Smith definitely be the day one starter at left guard. And uh then they're gonna have, you know, they're gonna have some real questions on backups because a guy who didn't have a great night was Josh Ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you know that is probably to me the, the Cowboys' biggest concern because we're two games in the preseason where we're able to see him and um I think that both guys. I think he's been consistently inconsistent to me. Um, there you go. He's. Do he, you? He'll have some plays where he does okay, um, but there's other times where he just seems like a little bit off balance. And when he, when he has to move, you know, he's a little bit, you know, kind of t- tilting forward, and he he's he'll he'll whiff, and then the guys will just get right past him. And so there's just there's times where Josh Ball is complete a complete liability in the play. And of course, that is, that's very concerning. And, you know, I don't know if, if we're at a point now where the Cowboys are like, okay, well we had, we saw them for two games, we got what we wanted. And then now it's time to, um, you know, bring in a veteran and, you know, and, and I think we're all hoping that happens, but I am very scared if this is what the Cowboys are going with as with their reserve. I see nothing good from anybody else. And, you know like uh, uh avante collins i mean i would hate for him to have to see time playing uh, you know i uh, was hoping to see a little more from isaac and i think he's he's doing a good job but i would i would be scared if he was you know mm-hmm. per, you know ta- responsible for yeah. protecting the deck so i i'm genuinely concerned about the cowboys swing tackle position i mean that it's It's to me, it's like the biggest concern I have, and um, I don't know if if you feel any better about this or not tom i I
2: wouldn't say I feel better. I do believe that we're going to see them sign someone after the uh cut down to fifty three They're gonna see who hits the market and you know see who they can work out a deal with that Stephen Jones will be able to tolerate you know, as he tries to keep so much powder dry. Uh, And that's where we're going to get the swing tackle. The only other option I see, and I do not like this for various reasons, is that they're going to have a backup right tackle from one of these players. Uh, I don't know if that would be Collins or Ball at the moment. And then the plan at left tackle is that if something happens to Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith moves over, and Connor McGregor backfills. Uh, the The offensive line depth as a whole. You know, when when you're saying Connor McGregor is
1: your best backup offensive lineman, <laughs> I'm not happy with that. Yeah, on uh, you know, speaking of Connor McGovern, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I still make that mistake. Yeah, I'm sure you know. My apologies. I know the difference. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're not the only one that ha- happens quite a bit, uh, but. I, I'm not sure, I'm not um, too sure that Matt Farniok is close to him with that backup job. I, I'm, I was, I've been very pleased with what, what Farniok's done. And, uh, you know, you obviously, you see the Cowboys run game has been, you know, they've been doing really well and there's, yeah. there's been holes in the, in the interior line. And so I don't know if like, if there's a place for, I you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he would be like, I'm not talking about him taking like. Uh, Biotis' job, um, you know, even though he's playing playing as the number two center. But I'm almost wondering, like, where does he fit in this? Uh, who Who is the Cowboys' top preserve, well, reserve guard, I wonder? He may be good enough as a
2: reserve guard to be the primary backup at center, uh, give him the second thing. I see with all the other pressures, I could see the Cowboys trying to roll with just eight offensive linemen on the 53-man roster and trying to stash somebody on the practice squad for an emergency call-up. Uh, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's, The depth there is, is really unsettling, and I don't think we can be comfortable with any kind of answer that we think we see. Uh, I do think there's a couple of things that even though it wasn't standout performances, They kind of are resolving themselves, and we can see where they're going. Um, The backup quarterback job, I think, is going to go to to Will Greer. Uh, He just seems to be reading, seeing the field better. He performed a little bit better. It wasn't spectacular, but I think they're going to roll with him, uh, and then they'll probably – see if Cooper Rush wants to hang around in the practice squad as an emergency backup. I think he won. And oddly enough, I think that, you know, I hate to say it, Brett Mayer may have won the kicking job with a missed field goal because that 61-yard attempt would have been good from like 59 and a half. And, you know, okay, so you've got a guy that can nail it from 50, 55 yards Uh, And I don't see that Mayor Marr has been missing anything else. I think he's been doing a little bit better than Lerum Hadroahu. And I think he's just going to be the kicker, just, you know.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know,
1: Yeah, I honestly with with the kicker position, it's to me it's like a coin flip. I there's things about Brett Maher that I like, and there's things that, that, about Hyralu that I that I like. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's good to see that 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 uh, Maher still has the leg, uh, you know. And uh, you know when they were lining up, you heard the announcers like talking like, well, "What are they doing?" And it's like, "Well, we know what they're doing because you know we know Maher has the." top three longest field goals in Cowboys' history. We we know that we know what he's capable of. Um a little disappointed to see that he lost a little bit of that leg. Um I I think I, I probably would have I think I have a different opinion. I think I would have been a little bit happier to see that him the distance be there and just be a little bit off because, you know, does he has he lost a little bit in that leg? Does he not no longer have a sixty plus leg? I mean I don't because if that, if he doesn't, then what good is he to us, really? I mean, I think I'd rather go with uh, Laram in that in that scenario. So I don't have I don't know, Tom. I to me, I, I think I've stopped caring about it. Um, I've talk, <laughs> I've talked to enough people that they don't seem to care. It's like you know, if you don't got one of the top six, six or seven kickers, then you you then you all the teams have kicking problems, you, and you got to go in each week facing the possibility that the, your kicker could could mess things up for you and. And with Garibay, it was like, well, let's see what he has. Maybe he could be one of those guys that works himself into being one of the better kickers in the league. And then, of course, when that didn't work, now we're back to, it doesn't matter how we play it from this point on, we're going to have a shaky kicker situation. And I think we're just going to have to try to learn to, to live with that.
2: Um, yeah, it's, I'm kind of on team flip a coin too. Um, but I, I... – this is this may be my own weird way of approaching things. I'm not unhappy with the team not thinking they can roll out and kick a, a 59, 60-yard field goal at the end of a, a game. I want them to be pushing to get in closer. I, I don't, you know, I think there were times we saw when they somehow expected uh, Zerline to or somebody to go out and nail a
1: 57-yarder. And they didn't seem very aggressive at getting much closer. Right. Well, the Chargers game last year, I think week two, we saw an example of that. And we had to rely on Greg to knock a big one through. Um, Yeah, I agree. You know, going back to the quarterback situation, to me, I feel like that's almost a coin flip too. And the reason I say this is I'm with you. I I like Greer more, what I've seen, uh, because he has that playmaking ability, where I think Cooper Rush is about as vanilla as you can get, which it's, that's not a bad thing for a backup quarterback. You, you, vanilla is fine. You can do, you know, you can add a lot of good things can go, go with good with vanilla. But, um, the thing that was, the thing that worries me or, or I wonder about is last year, I didn't, I figured Garrett Gilbert was going to be the core. I thought he was the better quarterback and they end up going with Cooper Rush because, You know, as a backup quarterback, there are other responsibilities, you know, as far as preparation, how you're helping the starter. And, of course, course, Cooper Rush, we know he's got the edge there because, I mean, whatever they love about him last year hasn't gone away in that regard as far as like being in the locker room and in the team meetings and everything. but. I mean, I feel like Greer's the better guy. It's a short sample. I mean, I've never seen him. This is it. This is the only time he's played for the Cowboys in any type of game action. So, I mean, it's tough to get too big of an opinion about it, but I definitely like what I see from Greer more, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be holding my breath. that He's the guy they choose. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then maybe it'd be nice to have both of them, but... Then that. Then again, it comes to the t- this, the the problem of you got you got to make some tough cuts, and you can't be just have going going deep at every position if you want to keep four running backs. Because I can't distinguish between Rico and and Malik Davis. To me, they're they're very comparable. I mean, do we do we keep four or do we keep two and just go pick up one of those guys when if if something were to happen to Zeke or or, or Tony Pollard? Uh, so I mean. That that's a tough decision. There's a, there's so many of those type of decisions that the Cowboys have to deal with. But I wanted to talk, swing things over to to the defensive side and talk about another area that concerns me. That I feel like the decision is starting to get a little easier, at least from this fan. But you may feel differently. Tom, tell me, does Neshawn Wright make this team? Does who Neshawn Wright? Oh, Neshawn. No, no, no he I mean,
2: is he maybe the the guy most clearly on the bubble is he that fifty third fifty fourth guy you know who's who's just barely cleaning on uh and the answer is yeah, he could be he is he's not really showing out uh i I definitely think theron bland has moved ahead of him uh and I, I, you know, I just, I mean, I'm I'm really not sure that they're going to be able to afford to keep on, uh, keep and I don't really know that they need to, if you really get down to it. I mean, you, you look at the cornerback room, uh, you know, Kelvin Joseph hasn't shown, but he's shown some progress, and right now if you said okay you only get to keep one of joseph or right, based on everything we've seen i would be comfortable with them keeping joseph and you throw in bland now you've got five corners uh then again are you able to go another and only go six because uh Mquamu can actually it looks like Step up and play a little, uh, you know, play a little nickel, cover a tight end. And I definitely think he did a lot to cement his role. Uh, Marquise Bell didn't have an outstanding game, but I think he had a good game. So, you know, your cornerback room is filling up rapidly. Um, and if that, you know, if they're going to keep Donovan Wilson, uh, Wilson's just been kind of quiet, he hasn't been. I haven't heard anything bad about him. He just hasn't had much in the way of standout. And I think they're probably, yeah, I I don't know that he's even played in the preseason games. I haven't gone back and looked at the snap count. So um uh, I'm you know I'm not sure exactly how that goes down. But yeah, I I don't have right as any kind of firm hold on uh, a roster spot.
1: Yeah, I think the the issue with Wright, and I think there was a couple plays where he actually made, I want to say made good plays. They were actually two really bad plays when, when you look at the results, but they were his two best plays. I mean, and that was the, the deep pass that he gave up. The coverage was actually pretty good up until the very end when he just kind of, he got his head turned around, but then he, he got he, he he turned into like a 5'8 cornerback. He just like, he was low. He just, he wasn't in good position to actually leap up or put his hands up to make a play on the ball. So so the pass got completed. But outside of that finish, he actually, the coverage was really good. And then the second one is the one where he actually knocked the ball down. And, and this is where I think he does best is, is he closes in when he's playing downhill, you know, go, running forward. But he got there a little too early. And you know he he's a big length, lengthy guy. So if you get those arms around a guy, whether you whether it's you got there early or not, you're gonna you're gonna get that call against you a lot of times. So so two of his best plays actually turned out to not be great plays for the Cowboys. Um, I really don't see a place for. I mean, if they can utilize the one strength he has, which is his length, to you know to to be swatting down balls when he is in position, then what? What good is he and you know if you look at a player like McQuamo who's they you know converted to safety and stuff, he did a great job using his length you know he he had that it actually didn't have the tackle in the backfield, but he caught created the tackle for a loss in the backfield by getting those long arms around him and kind of swung him around and then um and then the the defense did the rest and and then he had the pick and then he also later on in the game he came in there and he he knocked the ball out of a player that i think um you know they' got past they threw the ball past Joseph, but the Okwamu came in last second and was able to jar it, um, jar it away. So, uh, I mean, over so there's an example of of a player using that link to his advantage. Whereas Nation on the right's done none of that. I just don't know what kind of value he has. Kelvin Joseph, to me, I've never been high on Kelvin Joseph, but he's still a lot of times really close to the ball. Um, you know, he is faster. He's got the playmaking ability. Uh, I, I I feel like there's I feel like he's a better corner. Um, Bland, I think he's done a great, he kind of reminds me of rookie Anthony Brown, and it could be that he's wearing Anthony Brown's old number, but I got, <laughs> you know, a late round pick, you know, people are like, who? You know, and then, but he had the traits, and then, you know, Anthony Brown had a, had a surprisingly good rookie season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bland to me is their top reserve corner, um, and, I, and I think Joseph, I know the love is kind of, Fallen for him, but I, th- I think he's still good enough to make the team. Nation Wright, not not so much to me. I don't I don't see the reason of going long with corner when you don't have a talent to justify it, and I don't think you do. So to me, I think it's uh, – I don't see him making the team. Uh...
2: Yeah, and I think it's – I think Mquamu is the guy who actually is going to have – basically take the spot because I think there's – we know the Cowboys look at safeties as – as kind of interchangeable. They're not really heavy into the free versus strong safety designation. And that may actually bleed over into the entire secondary where they're, if they've got somebody like a McQuamu or, or Curse, you know, they're, they're, they're not afraid to use them. Uh, in a different role, where they're up
1: covering a tight end or uh, one of the bigger receivers or something. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, I know like Curse and and also Donovan Wilson are are better down at the line of scrimmage, um, but Jaron he's he showed some really good coverage uh, ability last year. Malik Malik Hooker is a good coverage safety. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, I feel like the safety spot they they might be stuck where. You got to keep all five of those guys. When you look at, um, you know, Donovan Wilson's probably making it, and then uh, Mukwamu made a strong case last night, and then then Marquise Bell also. I mean, with you know, keeping all five of those guys, and I think they can make up a little bit of the lack of depth that they have at corner with with how they, you know, shuffle those guys around. Are there any other positions that stood out to you, whether it's negative or positive, that you know, just kind of like you were a little bit that you learned something from.
2: Uh, I thought Javril Cox helped him his mm-hmm. case. I think he had a real solid game. You know, he, he was injured last year. It looks like he's coming on and is, is solidifying his spot as, as for some depth at linebacker. Uh, so, you know, up until they, they went out and, uh got got them some help there by signing Anthony Barr. Uh I was a little worried, but with Barr, with Cox stepping up, um, uh, you know, how deep will they go, you know, because uh Michael Parsons is going be spending a lot of time visiting with the uh pass rushers and uh you gotta have some depth but Layton Esch. Uh, has, you know, of course he's been seeing out the preseason games, but everything from the practices says he's kind of back to what he was when he first came in the league. And that would be great. So I'm more comfortable there. Uh, I'm kind of like you, the, uh, the running back thing's going to be, is it going to be three or four and how do they manage that? Um, uh, um. Uh, Malik Davis, I think, really helped himself, and now it becomes a question. But I think it's easier to stash running backs because most teams, you know, there's running backs out there. I think most teams yeah. have running, running backs, backs on their roster that they're going to be comfortable with.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree there. I mean, as much as as much as I like uh, Malik Davis, and by the way, if you go back and look at that Turpin. Kickoff return. Pay particularly attention, close attention to Malik Davis and his block that he had on that too. So having that extra special teams value is certainly one way to punch a ticket to to make the team. But I do feel like Malik Davis and probably even Rico is someone you could you could release and stash on practice squad and, and feel like nobody's going to come after them. Um, and and if they if they did, they took one, They take one of them. You know, you're probably not losing the. Both of, them. Yeah. I mean, like, so I'm. I don't know. There's just so many tough roster decisions that I feel like you're going to have to end up going short on some some areas.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's going to be interesting to see who they keep uh, at tight end because I think Jake Ferguson clearly showed why they have a plan for him yeah. with that 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 just you know. he he catches a ball that gets you like eight or nine yards. If you're Jason Witten and you catch the ball and fall down. And then he just trucks a defender and gets another 10 yards. I know the 24 yard reception. Uh, He was, he, he looks good. You know, we know Dalton Schultz makes the team. Um, They apparently really like what they're seeing with Hendershot. Now, whether he is, got a a chance to bump someone off or not uh he's probably they're probably eyeing him for a practice squad spot but what happens how many do you keep there the the
1: the sean mccune and Jeremy sprinkle bake the roster i don't think so right i know i don't think so either and i think so i totally agree with what you said about ferguson and t not only is he just performing well, but he just looks so comfortable. Before he looks just like so natural, like almost like a like Dalton Schultz, like a not not a first year Dalton Schultz. I'm talking like third year Dalton Schultz. He just yeah. he just seems so comfortable. And, and I've moved Jake uh, ahead of uh, McEwen in my depth chart, so McEwen's now my tight end three. Because I mean, how can you not be impressed with what you're seeing from from the rookie? Um, but outside of McEwen, I don't know like sprinkle and and. Hendershot, I, I don't know that there's any value to keeping them. I think you could probably put Hendershot on the um, practice squad; he'd be safe. One thing I wanted to mention too, and, and uh, that I saw, you mentioned you were very impressed that the Cowboys did not get any penalties on those on those um, returns. They were. I'll tell you what: if you look at the kick, the punt return, I believe it was Hendershot. I think he's forty-nine. Uh, I, he was close to getting a, bl- a block to the back. There was a play. I think I know. But yeah, I know where it was. Yeah. Uh, it was like he came off of
2: another block and hit a second guy. Yeah. And almost got to work to the backside. And I, you know, I looked at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do I do think that we don't need, we need to be cautious about the fact that they improved in penalties. Because if you'll notice, after that first drive of the second half, they didn't get any more penalties, which is, weird for a preseason game usually the penalties get worse but there were some plays where i think they saw the whistle too so this was just a different officiating crew with a different approach and we need to be careful how much we we'll read into that they still need to work on penalties. yeah
1: i, I mean I, I don't have a lot to say regarding the penalties because preseason football you know but i i will say this I, I do not like seeing tyler smith continue to get flagged and i do not like to see Sam Williams getting personal foul penalties, which is what his bugaboo in college. I mean, he got a lot of those. I think this week, yesterday, it was illegal hands to the face, I think is what he got called for. And I think he got called for a roughing the, in the week prior. But, I mean, he's getting, he's getting one a game, and, you know, they, he can't be doing that. So that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, but other than that, the penalties, not, not too concerned about it um, but Tom as we wrap this this show up I wanted to ask you one more thing and then close this up here and what are you hoping to see in this next week from the Cowboys is this any any type of uh, personnel decision what what do you want to see before we you know wrap things up with our final preseason game against the Seahawks I would love to find out that
2: they're at least talking to people out there, uh, you know, ta- offensive tackles, uh, maybe keep an eye out on wide receivers. Uh, but I, I don't think that, I think that this is weird because I kind of look at this as we've gotten a lot of data. I feel like I've got a, a pretty good feel for what the staff is doing. And I you know, we're gonna see him pair off some of the guys down at the uh the, the bottom of the roster. Uh you know, there was the uh you know, the poor backup uh backup offensive lineman that got the back to the, uh back to back oh Braylon, uh, in- Braylon Jones, I believe. Yeah, Braylon Jones. I was trying to remember his name. Uh, uh you, know, you know, he's likely to be one of the guys cut. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but you're, but you're right, not sure because you don't really know how to think about it. But, you know, we're going to drop five more guys and then, you know, we'll see who the other 27 guys are going to be uh, after the game. And I think that last preseason game is just going to be, maybe they've got two or three decisions are going to be based on that. But I think this is mostly just to give these guys a shot that are likely not going to be in an NFL uniform in the future. Yeah. No, I I, give them a moment of glory and that's going to be about all this is. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think there are some places like, I don't know what they're going to do between Luke Gifford and and Devin Harper. I I don't think they both of them make it. And, but they both could could be roster worthy, but we could see that answered and, you know, we could see, see what kind of push Harper. And there's a lot of those other types too. like, you just, but, you know, some really key roster battles. I totally agree with you. What I'd like to see is them do something swing tackle wise. I don't know if I feel comfortable waiting to the you know, the uh, week one, when, the beginning of the season when you're and then just kind of scouring because I feel like you're it's a little risky. I mean, I hope they have a plan. I hope I hope they have this all worked out. Maybe they've just been talking to somebody on the side. It's like, you know what, just you know, we're going to sign you, but you know, just give us give us a little bit of time. And then and like, and all, all this worry is just from our end. And then they, they, they have it all figured out. I hope that's the case because if they do go into the regular season and Josh ball is the only thing protecting Dak, you know, and if, if Tyron were to get hurt then this could be one of those seasons that, you know what, it's, it could not go well. So that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. If, on that, I would say if, if there was
2: one thing i think they should do but that i have no confidence they're actually going to do i would be looking at every team out there that is rich in offensive tackle talent but hurting on the defensive line and just look at finding a player for player swap uh, you know i i haven't you know looked at it but You know, maybe there's some guy out there that's on a similar contract as a a Basham or a a Watkins or a Fowler. And they could find, you know, a guy who's that kind of journeyman offensive tackle who isn't going to get you killed. And Just offer somebody a straight up swap that doesn't really affect the salary cap, so Stephen Jones doesn't get the Willie.
1: Right. No, it kind of reminds me of when they did this a few years ago. I think they traded away. I want to say uh, Traverius Ward for like Parker Edinger. It was a cornerback that was like right at the fringe, you know, where they had they were really deep at cornerback. And you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Ward obviously turned out to be a good cornerback for, for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. But then we got Parker. I think Parker Edinger was his name or something. But he got hurt, and, and they because they, they needed offensive line help, and they end up ha- ha- offering no value. But you know something along those lines, just maybe not you know a little more favorable. And uh, because yeah, I, I do feel like they do they have an abundance in, in on the defensive line, and they they're gonna have to just let these guys go. So might as well try to you know trade get something from them um, even if it means losing like Tristan Hill to me uh, I think he's safe on the roster but a lot of people don't agree with that and you know I don't know how they feel about him in, you know inside the club so if, if the team came
2: back and said you know we'll trade you you know player X for Tristan Hill player X is going to have to be really good you know I'm talking I'm talking a guy who's battling for a starting job somewhere and uh, that's yeah As I said, I don't know. The Cowboys under Stephen Jones seem kind of cautious about that kind of stuff, but I think it would be a very smart thing that could could solve a couple of problems.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, Fixing the swing tackle would be something that um, would make me very happy, uh, and hopefully the Cowboys do that. And, uh, you know, what would make us very happy is if, you all would check out all the great stuff we got going out throughout the entire week. Um, every day, we got something new for you. But uh, that is all Mr. Riles and I have for you today. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, hope you have a great week. And uh, we will catch you probably same time next week. Um, all right. See you, Tom. Talk, Take to, care. talk to you guys later. Yeah, and
2: don't forget, people. Riled up comes
1: out on Thursday, and you get to hear what else I got to think about. Yeah, right. and usually he gets a little more riled up. So a Tom was, <laughs> Tom's in a, you know, he's in a good, a good mood this morning after the Cowboys pulled off with win. So, all right, that's all we have. Thank you.